Welcome to the most energetic, positive, happy, and healthy podcast in the world. Living the dream. Dream stands for diet, rest, exercise, attitude, and meaning. I'm your host, certified health coach, motivational speaker, sober since July of 2016, American Ninja Warrior competitor, two-time world record holder, and ultra-marathoner, Matt Scaletti. Here we go! Welcome back to the Live in the Dream podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaletti. And we have an inspirational treat for you today. With me, I have Ryan Hudson Peralta, and he was diagnosed with a birth defect called congenital limb deficiency, which gave him severely shortened arms without hands and legs that stopped growing above the knee. At 40 years old now, Ryan has proved many doctors wrong who said he would never live a quote-unquote normal life. He also has validated his mother's faith in his resolve. Ryan is an amazing web and graphic designer and has designed more than 450 websites for professional clients nationwide through his own company. Most importantly, Ryan is a devoted husband and father. He and his wife, Carrie, have two healthy and active children Miranda and Noah. Ryan, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. And don't, his background, if you're watching on video, is amazing. He has Michael Jordan <laughs> shoes and he's got hats and skateboards and amazing stuff. And we already talked about it. He said, I need to upgrade my backdrop. So pressure's on me. <laughs> yeah, pressure's on. You could do one of those, you could do one of those Zoom photo backgrounds. I could just take a picture of my office and just send it to you. For <laughs> I might need that. Thank you for zinging me even more. I needed that. (laughs) All right, Ryan. Let's hear about your background and just this incredible beginning of your story. And I'd love to hear the part of of tying your mom into it because it sounds like uh, she's been very meaningful to you. Yeah, so when I was born, the the doctors took me away from my my parents and – they said, you know, there's a problem with your son before we let you see him, before we let you take him home. We want you to know that there's, there's a problem. And my mom's like, I, I don't care what the problem is. Where's my son? Bring my son. And um, so they said, well, your son was born without arms and legs. And before we let you take him home, and she interrupts him. She said, what do you mean before you let me take him home? He's my son. Bring me my son now. And um, after debating and, you know, fighting with, arguing with the doctors, they, they bring me to my parents. and. Um, I was with them for about two days and the doctors wanted to have a meeting with all these different physical therapists, occupational therapists and, and such. And they, my, they said to my parents, they said, Hey, before we, you know, you let you take him home. We want you to know that he's going to have a difficult life and he's not going to have a normal life. You know, he's not never going to be able to get a job or have a family or go to a regular school He's not going to be able to have a, ever drive an electric wheelchair. And, we, you know, before we let you take him home, we wanted you to know these things. And my dad interrupts them and says, my son is two days old and you're already trying to predict his future. He said, well, I have a prediction for you. He said, Ryan's going to do each and every one of those things 
and more. Oh, so good. And he was right. Your father was correct. <laughs> yeah, he was. So, I mean, obviously you don't remember that part of the story, but walk us through when you did started, when you started to realize, okay, you know, maybe things are slightly different and, and how did you take that realization? Well, my parents never tried to hide the fact for me, you know, the fact that I was different. And, um, and I think that was, that's important. You know, everybody has differences and, and the sooner we recognize the differences, the sooner we can figure out how to work with these differences and, 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 and do things just like everybody else does. And I think that was like one of the biggest keys to my life is that my parents always knew and always, you know, told me that, you know, things are going to be different for you. And they always were there to support me to figure those things out. Um, you know, from going to school, from, you know, I, actually I was, the, they, when the doctor said uh, that I would never drive an electric wheelchair, it's funny because at the time I was three years old, I was the youngest in the United States to drive an electric wheelchair. <laughs> and uh, like when my son's 18 now, and when, when he was three years old, like I couldn't imagine him driving a wheelchair, but my parents said I did it like a pro. And, and these are the things like, People always ask me like, oh, you know, you must have never thought of yourself as different. And, and growing up, I never, you know, I didn't want to be different, but I knew I was different. And, um, you know, I was driving in a wheelchair at three years old. while other kids were like walking in, you know. <laughs> so I, obviously I knew there was a difference and I just, I just worked with them. I just, I'm just always, you know, known that there's things I can't change and I just have to like deal with and accept what I do have. I mean, it seems like you've turned this, what we can call a, a difference into your superpower. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's actually exactly what I, I call it. Um, when I was born, the doctors said that my birth defect was an act of God. So for a while, I'm not ashamed to say this, I was pretty pissed at the big fellow upstairs, you mm -hmm. know, because they said, this is, this is who did this to you. <laughs> and um, I, I, was, I was around eight years old and I realized that I – it's what he did wasn't give me something bad what he did was give me a gift and that's the gift to inspire people make people laugh and you know help them that so is, i call that my superpower i love that and what a what a strong way to to look at it can i i i'm just curious so from eight years old on have you you know 99 percent of the time been able to think of that as your superpower or are, have there been days, weeks, months where you're like, ah, you know what I mean? Never, never, um, never weeks, months, but def definitely bad days. Uh, when I was younger, um, I, I don't really have bad days anymore. I can't really tell you though. I couldn't remember the last time I had a bad day. Um, maybe they're like bad minutes, bad seconds. I always tell people, you know, everybody, something happens to you on the, you know, in a day and, and that, you know, maybe, maybe you get a flat tire, you know, and you're on your way to work and you tell yourself, oh, today's going to be a bad day. Hmm. But really, if you think about it, that was just a bad minute, maybe a bad hour. But if you keep telling yourself this is going to be a bad day, well, that bad minute, that bad hour turns into two hours, three hours, you know, it's a bad, it's a bad day. It's a bad week. It's a bad month. It's a bad year. Like, you know, the sooner you can get out of that negative thinking and, and realize, hey, that flat tire yeah, it's flat. It's a good pain in the butt, but it could be way worse. You know, it could, could be dead. You know, I mean, yeah. 
I, that's what a great point. And I, I totally agree. I mean, how many people, including myself, I'm sure I've done this at 8.30 in the morning, I go, it's going to be one of those days. I just write off the next 12 hours of my life. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. You make a great yeah. point. So what was, what was life like in school for you? And we kind of talked about it before we recorded, but you, you didn't get into a lot of detail. And I'm curious, um, did you find your group of friends? Were you able to participate in a lot of the activities? Was your attitude just as positive? How did things go? So what God gave me in, in, uh, with, you know, lack of arms and legs, he gave me in personality and confidence. That's true. I so <laughs> so I've, I've never had a problem meeting people, um, dating or, you know, finding friends or, you know, it just, it's just always, it just came natural to me. And uh, people always ask me, like, oh, you know, were you bullied? You had to have been bullied. And the thing is, again, God didn't give me arms to fight. He gave me a mouth. My mom calls me the – she'll call me the mouth every once in a while because <laughs> anybody, anybody tried to say anything bad or, you know, give me a hard time, I would just verbally just destroy them. So people learn quick. They're like, don't mess, don't mess with Ryan. <laughs> well, that's good to know. I will stay yeah. on your good side for the next uh, 30 minutes or so. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so what, what drives Ryan on a daily basis? Is it, we mentioned the doctors, like, is it that hater, not hater, but like people telling you, you can't do something. Is that the driver? Is it more your mom and dad and that love that they gave you? Is that the driver or, you know, what keeps you going every day to live life at the highest level? I think, you know, I was put on this earth for a reason and that's to inspire people and help people. And if I'm not doing that, 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 if I'm not helping somebody or inspiring somebody that day, then I didn't do my job. So, um, I, I work at that every day. I, I try to figure out something and do something that where I can help people make someone's life better. Um, but I think my biggest, my biggest drive or my biggest fuel now is my, my kids, uh, was my kids that they're the things I'm most proud. I mean, I've done a lot of amazing things in my life, but my children, my children are the two most things I'm most proud of. Oh, I love that. And we're going to get into some of the amazing things you've done in your life because <laughs> my jaw, I had to remove it from the ground because it's just, <laughs> you've had some fun experiences, but I love that it comes back to the power of the family and your kids. That's, uh, that's definitely from what I hear, we don't have kids yet, but I hear that is the best. Um, one of your quotes on your website is, and by the way, what's, I was going to wait to the end, but let's do it now. Where can, what's your website? Like tell everybody where they can find you. My website is lookmomnohands.com. I love that. That's, <laughs> that's also my Instagram, instagram.com forward slash lookmomnohands.com. And it's also my YouTube channel name. Look mom, no hands. Yeah. It's just, I mean, that to me, that's what happened. I went and emailed you the first time. I saw the email address and I thought, this guy is the greatest sense of humor. I love that. <laughs> that's just too good. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's something that every single kid has said at least once in their lifetime. And um, I've had that dot com forever and the Instagram handle for a long time too. That's, I love that. It's just, that's a fun spin on it. Don't be your own speed bump. That is the quote that, I mean, of all the ones, there's a lot on the website and I love them all. I don't know why that one stood out to me, but 
Can you tell us what that means, how you came up with that, and just go into some detail about it? Yeah, I don't remember where exactly I came up with it. Um, actually, um, I, I was driving my wheelchair in a parking lot in my son's, son's school and they, when he was in school, and they had the speed bumps. And I was like, wow, this is, this is like really – this is not easy to do in a wheelchair because – the, the wheelbase is, is small and it and uh, so I was like you know I was I was saying like roadblock and you know things like that and I was like no this is this is the word I was looking for for to finish my quote and the quote mean that don't be your own speed bump the whole meaning behind it is because the only thing in life that can truly stop you or slow you down is yourself nobody else nothing on earth can stop you or slow you down and I think like I'm a I'm a poster child for this saying because if people say, Hey, this, this slowed me down or I can't do this because I'm missing an arm or I'm missing a leg. Like really, man, you can do anything you want. And, and, uh, you know, the only, like I said, the only thing that's going to stop you or slow you down is yourself. So don't be your own speed bump. I love that. I love it. And for everyone listening and watching, I hope you take that away and write that down because I think a lot of us, can use that in our own lives. I mean, that's, that is the, that's the big fear or the big opponent is ourselves. I think that's so true and so powerful. Okay. I, I'll admit, Ryan, I was thinking about some of the questions I was going to ask and I looked at your website and everything. And the first thing I thought is like you said, okay, he doesn't have hands, like shorter legs. Like he can't do this. Like he probably, somebody probably drives him somewhere like he, and then I started learning and I'm like, Oh my God, like this guy, he's texting, he's driving, he's driving airplanes, flying airplanes, doing all this amazing stuff. And I don't know if we're going to be able to do it now, but I want to hear about the phone, what you can do with the phone and how you, (laughs) cause it's amazing. Like how do well, let's put it this way. Of all the things that you've taught yourself to do, can you walk us through a few of them and even like everyday things? And were you just so persistent that you figured this out or, you know, walk us through some of those either daily activities or, or more exceptional uh, things that you've done? Yeah. So there was no manual for being born without arms and legs. Right. So I, I kind of like writing these chapters on a daily basis and figuring things out. And, you know, there's a lot of motivational speakers that say failure is not an option. The truth is they, they have that wrong. My saying is failure is a must. The sooner you fail at something, the sooner you can figure it out. And I fail at things all day long. I fail at things my entire life. And um, that's, you know, that you don't learn from winning. You'll learn from losing. And uh, so everything that I do from, from driving a, uh, my van when I was 16 years old and all my friends were driving. Um, I, you know, I said, Hey, I want, I want to drive too. And I looked into it and they're like, the state of Michigan was like, well, you need to get a vehicle first. And I was like, wait, so I got to get a vehicle. How much is that going to cost? They got to estimate it was like 50,000 plus the cost of the van. So we're talking a hundred thousand dollars, you know, 75, a hundred thousand dollars. And so I went and got help. I got help to get the thing. And, it was my confidence, you know, I, I couldn't just think I could do, I couldn't just think I could drive. I couldn't just believe I could drive. I didn't know I could drive and I had to, you know, talk people into believing in me too. And um, they did. I, I was like 18. I was just about to turn 19 when I got my van. 
uh, modified. Most of the equipment in there besides the ramp, I designed myself. Um, there was a company that made it obviously, but like there was, like I said, there's no manual for driving like this either. And so we, I have pedal extensions. Um, I have a panel on the side where I can just do the turn signals and windshield wipers and shifting. So uh, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. So, so it's, and that was all your creativity. I, I didn't even know that. I thought somebody did all this and said, Ryan, you know, here you go. It's, whatever it costs, you actually figured out how to make this work. Yeah. They had no idea how to get pedal. You know what? They have pedals extensions, but they're like for maybe um, people that are much shorter, maybe a little person. Um, but I don't have any knees. So my pedals had to come all the way up to me. And so they didn't have anything like that. So I designed that. They had a panel, like a small shifting panel that other people use that, that have disabilities, but nothing like, as crazy as the panel I have in there. So I, yeah, pretty much designed all that. That's amazing. Uh, outside of the vehicle, what's been, what's been, let's call it a daily activity that was the biggest challenge and which one are you like most proud of now? <laughs> this is funny. Um, people always ask me like, so, so I go, I have a, I have a full-time job. I work for rocket mortgage and uh, people always ask me, they're like, Hey, you know, what, what kind of special equipment do you use to work? And I was like, they're, I was like, Oh, come in, I'll show you. And I bring them to my desk and I have a regular mouse, regular keyboard. And they're like, you just use the same stuff that we use. I'm like, yeah, I just use the same thing. So really the only thing that I use at work, that's special equipment. It's actually not special equipment is a bidet toilet seat. Mm. Um, Cause I can't wipe my own ass. <laughs> <laughs> All of, so, you, all of you watching this or listening, be appreciative that you can wipe your own ass from here on yeah, out. Yeah, but also if you if you're listening and they sell bidet toilet seats for everybody. This 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 technology was not built for people with dis, you know only people with disabilities. Um, I'm actually having a we're going to be doing. I hooked up with a company called Brondell and they make uh, bidet toilet seats. And we're going to be doing a bidet toilet seat giveaway on my Instagram. So I mean, the he, my wife loves it for the heated seat. And you save on toilet paper. I mean, you, you don't literally don't have to wipe. This, these things are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you you laugh now, but you get your butt on one of those things. You're gonna. <laughs> I I gotta yeah. fully admit, I've never gone through the process of the bidet. I mean, is it? Yeah. Does it feel a little odd at first? Does it take a little getting used to, or is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say yeah. I mean, after the first time, you know, just like it's just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially during COVID, we can all save on toilet paper. That would help out yeah, the who, world. Yeah, who needs toilet paper? <laughs> well, I saw the, I saw the video on your YouTube, and it shows you're brushing your teeth, and it's just the regular same toothbrush I have is just like the automatic whatever, and yeah, you just but you make it work, and it's just it's so cool to see, uh, some of the I guess some of the activities I take for granted. And, you know, it seems like you need to maybe work a little bit harder, but you're doing the same exact stuff. And it's like, it's just, it's cool to see. But you've, you've, like you said, you've basically taught yourself all of this stuff with no manual of this is how you do it. And has there been anything you've tried to do and it's just maybe you haven't been able to do? It doesn't seem like it. Man, I, and that's a good question. I don't think so. I always tell people if there's something I wanted to do and I haven't done it yet, then I didn't really want to do it bad enough because I would already did it. Oh, that's a good point. 
That's a really yeah. good point. Okay, I want to get into some of the things you have done, but before I get there, <laughs> tell us about Carrie because I don't, your wife, I don't know much about her and how did you meet? Um, I'm, it's from what I've seen on your website and everything, she's an angel, but tell us a little bit of the story. I met Carrie at a bar. My friend was, my friend was bartending there and uh, I'm old enough now. I think it's the, I can say this. I wasn't old enough to drink when I met her. <laughs> I, I wasn't drinking. I was just hanging out. But I met her at, at a bar and uh, I was with my friends. And, and I, I, at the end of the night, I told, I told my friend, I said, this, this, I'm going to marry her. And they're like, whatever, whatever. You're crazy. Yeah. And um, so I got her phone number. I called her. I did the, back then I did the, the three-day rule. And she was like, why didn't you? why didn't you call me? And I was like, Oh, I was waiting the three days. And she's like, whatever. She's like, she's like, my mom knows you. And I was like, boy, what? And she's like, yeah, I was telling my mom that I met, met you and you know, that you have no arms and legs. And, um, she said that when you were younger, uh, I drew, used to draw these greeting cards. I drew these greeting cards cause I knew I was in the future. I was gonna have to raise a crap ton of money to be able to buy a van modify a van for me to drive so at 12 13 years old her mom actually bought one of my greeting cards and carrie's a little bit older than me carrie was in the military carrie's mom mailed her one of my greeting cards and she's like i have this greeting card i went up to my attic and i found it and there's a picture of you on the back when you were a kid she's like how crazy is that and i was like yeah that's that's pretty crazy wow that is that yeah. is unbelievable story yeah yeah so then did you guys start, you started dating right away? I mean, you were clearly right in what you said. Yeah. Yeah. So we started, we started dating and then um, I think it was maybe a year, year later, we maybe not even a year, we moved in together um, six months, eight months after that, we, she got pregnant with Noah and um, the rest is history. Oh, that's <laughs> so good. Yeah. I, I must admit, I, I'm a little bit jealous that, you you don't have hands and you draw 50 times better than me it's true. i must <laughs> yeah, thanks i'm Thank a horrible you. drawer and I, I saw some of those videos that do you still draw because i saw some of the pictures and it's pretty impressive uh most of the drawing i do now is on the computer but yeah sometimes uh i have a friend he owns a vintage clothing store in in michigan and he was like ryan i really want you to tattoo me and i'm like i never tattooed anybody he's like he's crazy i love him but He's like, listen, he's like, I'll buy the tattoo gun. He's like, you use it at your house, practice them. They sell this like fake skin stuff. <laughs> so uh, I, I just got it last weekend. I'm going to work on it this weekend and practice and I'm going to tattoo them. So I'm actually, I'm adding tattoo artists to the, <laughs> to the list. Of <laughs> Add it to the resume. Yeah. All the things you can do. It's amazing. I mean, it's, that's so, so, so cool. And it's cool that he wants you to do it. That's, it's quite an honor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love sure. this. Okay, so you, you graduate high school. Walk us through, because clearly you've done, this guy's done motivational speeches in front of massive audiences, big and small audiences, but a lot of big ones. How did you get into the speaking world? And tell us about maybe your favorite speech that you've given. Um, I started speaking in high school. Oh, Wow. And yeah, I was, I remember the first time I was, I was asked to go to uh, Fox studios. It's a local news station here. And I guess they're like, yeah, there's going to be a few hundred stu um, uh, media students, uh, journalism students. 
from high school or colleges. And so I get up there and I ride the ra- ride the ramp and get up on the stage and I look and there's like probably 2000 people in this room. Oh my God. And, and I was, I was nervous, but I was like on a panel and I kind of like the longer I was up there and the more I spoke, the, the less nervous I was. And um, so I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to be a speaker. And um, so when I actually, when I met Carrie, you know, I was, I was actually pursuing it. I've done, ta- I was doing talks around that time. And then um, Carrie has a daughter, Miranda. And when Carrie and I started dating, you know, Miranda's, Miranda's like a daughter to me. Miranda's always been a daughter to me. So I told Carrie that I was like, you know, I want to be, I want to be Miranda's father. And um, so, and then she got pregnant with Noah and I was like, I want to be here for my kids. I want to see the, them growing up. So I pushed the whole speaking thing to the side and I was like, you know, I'll do it once in a while, but I don't want, I'm not going to pursue that until, you know, because I knew people that spoke and they were gone all all you know months out of the year and i didn't want i didn't want to do that so i was like when the kids get a little bit older um that's what i'll do it and you know when they can travel with me and and so for the past couple of years i've been slowly getting back into it now uh noah's 18 miranda's 25 and um yeah it's definitely definitely things i want to do i i speak at an event uh in detroit called isms day for quick and loans rocket mortgage and um I get up there and I speak with Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Quicken Loans and the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you asked about one of my favorite talks. It's always with him because Dan is like the greatest human being on earth. So we always have funny talks. I, I, I razz him a little bit. He razzed me a little bit. <laughs> but I remember the first time he saw the video of me flipping my phone into my shoulder from my feet. He said, he said, I, will you do it in front of everybody? And, and I was like, no, no, I'm not going to do it. And, and so he got everybody cheering. and I was like, fine. So I didn't have a case on my phone. So I used, uh, I took the case off my phone and I was like, wait, before I do this, I go, you're, you're a billionaire. You know, if I drop my phone in front of all these people, do you, you know, you're going to get me a new phone. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I could <laughs> phone. So the first time I completely missed, I caught it on my leg. It did fall on my uh, footrest on a wheelchair, but it was fine. And then the second time I nailed it, I threw the phone up and I caught it on my shoulders. Yeah. That's everybody. You have to watch this because it's it's amazing. I mean, it is so cool. And Ryan, what percent of the time, so you didn't have the phone case on, we'll let that slide. What percent yeah. of the time when you have a phone case on, can you flip it up and catch it, would you say? Uh, probably 90, 99% of the time. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You probably drop your phone less than I do. Yeah, it's funny because sometimes I'll, I won't have shoes on and I'll carry my phone on my foot. And then people were like, They'll like jump and like, oh, you're gonna drop it. I'm like, no. And then you know, I, I, I think I, I just, honestly, I think I probably do drop my phone less than most people with hands. I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> so Dan Gilbert, for those that don't know, as you said, I mean, this is a mega billionaire. Is the owner of Quicken Loans. I mean, extremely successful guy. From what I heard before we started recording one of my idols and guy that I've been to events is Tony Robbins. I'm just a diehard fan. I love his work. And I find out that Ryan may know of Tony Robbins in in some very uh, unique way. Do you want to tell us the story? Because while I love the story, it also 
makes me a little bit jealous that I have not met the guy, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, a friend of mine, he owns a hat company in California. It's called Melon. And um, my son and I were out to, I think we were having lunch or breakfast, whatever. I don't know why that matters. (laughs) Sometimes it matters to me kind of because I'm hungry right now. So we're having having lunch and uh, he said, Ryan, he's like, do you know, do you know Tony Robbins? I said, yeah, my mom used to listen to his cassette tapes all the time. Yeah. He's like, no, do you, do you know him? I'm like, yeah, of course I don't know him. Who knows Tony Robbins? He's like, oh, I know Tony Robbins. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, when I get home, I'm going to shoot his, uh, his assistant an email and link you guys up. And then I don't even, I think it was maybe a couple weeks later, uh, I got an email from Tony's team saying, hey, Tony wants you to come to Florida, uh, be his guest for uh, UPW. And so my son and I went down there and um, we met Tony and the, I think it was the day, end of day one where they do, they have you walk across fire. And I seen Tony backstage and he's like, Hey, I don't know how you want to do this. If you want to do it at all. He's like, we have people that help you. He's like, you can just ride your chair on the side. And I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I said, Tony, I walk on fire every day. I said, I'm walking on this fucking fire. And, <laughs> and then afterwards I was like, what the hell, how am I going to do this? <laughs> and so we get outside and um, I see the fire and I'm like, Oh shit. And uh, a couple of his guys, um, one of his, his personal trainer trainer and uh, fitness guy. He's like, Hey, uh, let us know. We'll do whatever you want. And he's like, I got somebody else to help. And I said, Hey, okay. One of you guys hold my right arm. One of you guys hold my left arm and just, you know, guide me over the fire and I'll, I'll take as many steps as I can. And sure enough, you know, I get down off my wheelchair and I always tell the story. I was like, I get down off my wheelchair and I standing up. Have you, have you walked across fire? I sure have. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're on, you're on the cool moss, right? Yeah. And you're thinking cool moss, cool moss, cool moss. And Tony gets down and he whispers in my ear. And I always tell people, I'm like, honestly, I don't remember what the hell he said <laughs> because I was so in the zone and just ready to go. And so I did it, man. We, I walked across fire. Like I tell people all the time, like I can't walk, but I literally walked across fire. And um, it was was a moment that I, it's so dark out there. You can't really see. I have video, but it's just like, it's just, you see like flames and like a a shadow of me, but it'd have been really cool to have that recorded. Oh, that's so awesome that you did that. And you didn't just do that. I mean, the relationship with Tony Robbins went beyond that correct yeah so uh i don't know what day it was day of the event but tony has like this dance thing where I'm, he has brings people up there and people dance and i got up on stage and i danced and uh um to michael jackson uh, michael jackson i think I don't, it wasn't thriller anyways it was a michael jackson song and uh, it, was, it was fun <laughs> and then so so tony invited me back to date with destiny which was like a month after that and uh, I got to hang out with Tony a little more and um, I got to speak a little bit. And uh, it, it, Tony's great, man. He's, he's a machine. <laughs> I mean, you know him a lot better than I do, but what I know is he's a machine too. But that's yeah. what I, I mean, you just have such inspiring and incredible people around you. And I think that's just, that's awesome as well. This is the whole story just blows my mind in the best possible way. Uh, so you have, you know, you have great relationships with these big wigs, these successful people. What, what advice do you have, Ryan, for clearly we're in the middle of, you know, this 
pandemic crisis, everything going on. What advice do you have for people that are struggling right now? And just, you know, say, what can I do? You know, this COVID's going on. I'm scared to death. Do you have advice for people that are going through difficult times? Well, just know that it could be worse. I mean, my, my grandma taught me this at a really young age, like everything, you know, we'd say something to her. She'd be like, it could be worse than you, you could think of it. As a kid, you're like, yeah, it could, could be way worse, you know? And even my disability, it could be way worse. Uh, I could have been born without a head, you know? That's so why I tell people, like, <laughs> you were like, that's not possible. I'm like, I'm being a smart ass, but the whole point is it could be worse, you know? <laughs> and uh, no matter what's going on in your life, it, it, if you always remember that it could be worse and stop focusing on the negative things, the things you don't have, focus on the things, you know, the only time I, I, I tell everybody all the time, I said, I thank God every single day for the, not only the gifts that God gave me, but the gifts that he didn't give me because it's the gifts that he didn't give me that made me who I am today. Mm. And, uh, you know, when I start having a bad day or start thinking negatively, I, you know, I always start working on and start thinking about, you know, gratitude and being thankful for the things I do have because, you know, man, I mean, people have so much, you know, um, someone was talking the other day about somebody with, um, they're, they're blind and they can't see. And, um, you know, they're unable to walk now. And I was like, you know, this is why I don't complain. This is why I, I have no room. I, you won't hear me complain. Like people have it worse off than me and there's no reason for me to complain. So people that arms and with arms and legs and hands and able to do whatever, like shit, you, you're complaining about something. Give me a call. You know, like, <laughs> like seriously, like I'm okay with people, you know, because it took me 40 years of my life to train, you know, you're, you're an athlete, you know, you had to train, you go to the gym and you train. So it wasn't overnight, you know, this is taking me my entire life. Dan always asked me, he's like, do you look down on people, um, Dan Gilbert, that is, uh, do you look down on people for, you know, complaining about their lives or, you know, having, you know, for struggling. And I said, no, you know, like, I don't come, I don't, you know, I don't give him a hard time because, you know, I can't buy a, uh, you know, he doesn't give me a hard time because I can't buy a plane. Right. Like, so I can't complain about, you know, or I can't be mad at somebody for, not being who I am and not having the mental strength, you know, all I can do is help them. And then that's what I do. Oh, it's so good. You, do you have any, when you were saying how, how positive you are and you get down for a minute or two, but you don't live there. Do you, are there certain, I mean, gratitude clearly, I mean, that's, that's a, probably the biggest one. It sounds like, are there other, other habits or routines that you do on a daily or often basis that just grounds you in this gratitude and keep you thinking just great thoughts? Yeah. So I have a saying, if you can't fix it, forget it. Because like people, people will have, I like that. People, they'll have, they'll have like people have bad jobs. Right. And they think, Oh, my life sucks. And then they go on Facebook and they complain about it or, you know, they're complaining to family members. So like, that's an easy fix. Like, you know, something's going to happen in your life that is not fixable, you know, and you have to deal with it and you have to figure it out. So I would say like, if you can't fix it, forget it, you know, being, being born without arms and legs, I can't forget this. Right. And I can't fix it. So I have to live with it. Um, so yeah, that's like, that's one of my uh, definitely big tips to give people like, Hey, think of, keep that mindset. If you can't fix it, forget it. Oh, that's so good. Once you start thinking like that, you realize, oh shit, I can fix this. I can get a better job. I am in a horrible relationship. I can get, I can 
figure this out and get out of it. I can make my life better. I can, I can fix these things. That's a really, that's a great, great, great point. And, and I, as you're saying that, I'm wondering for people that are stuck in a, a job that they hate, which apparently is over half of the world, I guess, uh, or a relationship <laughs> they don't like. I wonder what the trigger is of it. Maybe it's not bad enough to make a change or it seems like there's not enough maybe urgency to make that flip. Um, I, do I, have- I find it, I find it people are so used to being negative and so used to thinking negatively that it's to me to like you remove that negative thing from their life and then they have nothing to complain about. So, you know, people really have to figure out if if it's something they really want to change. I'm just speaking honest with you. Like a lot of people just like to have negativity and like to have drama in their life. And um, you know, if if they weren't complaining about their job, what would they have to talk to you about? Right? Like, yes, it's true. so I feel like, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like that's a, that's a big uh, reason. I think you're right. I mean, the whole, the quote that misery loves company, I think that's a true yeah. statement. What, what about like, what about in your home? Is there like as a, as a father, as a husband, and let's say I'm your son or whatever, and I come home and just say, dad, today sucked. And here's the 12 reasons why. I mean, do you try to I would imagine your home is a very upbeat, positive place. Do you try to, the people around you, especially your family, do they live by that same mentality? Oh yeah. I mean, I have, I mean, I've met some great people in my life and um, you know, like my kids are the most amazing. Like I tell my wife all the time, like our kids are perfect because they're a perfect blend of me and her. Like she's quiet and she's the the calm one and I'm the crazy mouth that, you know, that stays positive with everything. So like our kids are, I'd put my two kids up against any other two kids on earth. I mean, my kids, Dan Gilbert loves my, I like always say Dan Gilbert loves my son more than he, than he likes me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And um, so like, yeah, but they, everybody has bad days and I, I don't, you know, my, I, my son was recently uh, video, uh, recorded about talking about me and he's like you know my dad makes it hard for me to complain about things but that doesn't mean he can't complain about things I don't give him a hard time for complaining about things he just re- he's just saying hey my dad deals with all these things you know I can deal with these things too and you know I talk to my kids and help them work through things and they help me work through things oh that's so good and I just love I, I just wrote down I'm like a gift because it seems like since you're so optimistic and positive and real, you could turn most anything that happened to you into a gift of, okay, what is this teaching me? How can I improve because of this? And it's just, that's just such a awesome mentality that I, I don't know that anything could stop you. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, honestly, I always say every, every win, every loss, it's a gift. And, and, Sometimes as bad as the losses are, like I said earlier, those are the thing, those are the ones you learn from. Those are the things. When you have adversity in your life, if if I was born with arms and legs, I'm telling you right now, I would not be the person I am. And so, as crazy as it sounds, it's like I I wouldn't change a thing. Like people always ask me, like, hey, if you could, you know, ask God to give you arms and like, you know, arms and legs and be normal, like. I, I wouldn't do it because I wouldn't have Miranda. I wouldn't have Noah. I wouldn't have care. I wouldn't have the friends I have. I wouldn't have the relationships I have. So like, 
everything you have in your life, if you start thinking of it as a gift, then you, you know, you get things from gifts, you, you know, and everything. I mean, from there I breathe. I, I, I'm thankful. It's everything's a gift. And yeah. No, that's, I think that's probably the best thing that we've talked about. I mean, that's just amazing. And I, and I think it's not just, it's not just you. It's not just me. It's anybody listening or watching. I would bet most of the things that happened that maybe were bad, you could use them as a gift to motivate you to, I mean, I struggle with alcohol for a decade and I wouldn't be as healthy as I am if it weren't for that. I mean, I use that to motivate me every single day. So it's just, I'm with you. I totally agree. And we're all going through something. And I think to use that as a gift in such a positive way is, I, I also wrote down failure is a must because I think that's really good. You got some gems in there, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Do, you. do you ever get for the, the entrepreneurs or speakers out there? We talked a little bit before we started recording. Do you ever get, I mean, Dan Gilbert sitting next to you, high power, successful guy, 1,500 people in front of you. Do you ever, do you get nervous or do you just go out there and perform and you don't have any little butterflies going on? Um, early on, I, you know, like I said, I get, I would get nervous, but I mean, think about, it. I have the easiest thing to speak on. It's myself. Like what's there to be nervous about? I mean, like, I can't mess up my own story. So I've never, I don't, I don't get nervous anymore. And I actually, I prefer the bigger the audience, the better. I don't, it's weird. I've been in rooms with like 10 people and I was like, not, not that I'm nervous, but I'm like just questioning, thinking my, you know, what I'm going to talk about. And then I get in rooms with 1500 people, 10,000 people. And I'm like, I'm on, let's do this. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, but I, yeah, I've never had, I never had, uh, I don't picture the audience naked or anything creepy like that. But <laughs> what, what about the, what about the confidence? Cause I'm asked this often, especially with working out with anxiety is high going into a gym or whatever. You just, you just seem like you're such an extremely confident. And I mean that in a good way, not arrogant. You're just confident in who you are. How, can you teach that? Or is that something that you just need to have? I hope I can teach it because I like a lot of the kids that I mentor and we can talk about that after, but um, man, I mean, I'm hoping that I'm teaching them something and teaching my kids confidence. Like, I've never, I, when I was younger, I, people used to mis, misconstrue my confidence for cockiness because listen, when you're born with arms and legs, and I said this earlier, you can't just think you can do something. You can't just believe you can do something. You have to know you can do it. So when I told the people from the state of Michigan, I can drive, I'm going to be driving. It wasn't like, I think I can drive. No, I can do it. You know, when I wanted to go to a, a regular school, and, you know, they're trying to make me go to a, you know, a special school. I'm like, no, I'm going to a regular school. I can do this. Like, that's where, you know, it's, it's not false confidence either. It's just, it's believing and knowing in yourself and knowing you can do everything. If you don't, if you, listen, if you can't believe in yourself, who can you believe in, right? Like, the, the, it should be the easiest thing in the world to be confident in yourself. Like, that should be the easiest thing. And, and I'm hoping, you know, like, I, I, I lead a team of designers and I, I push that like there's a few that are lacking confidence and I push that to them all the time. Like, Hey man, like you have to believe in yourself. You got yourself here. Now, anything you work on, you know, you did, you got here for a reason. Put, people put you on this team for a reason. Now do it, believe in yourself and just do it. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. You got me wanting to just like go run double marathon right now. Like I'm just, I like, want to see you on American Ninja warrior again, man. What's up? <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't start. It didn't go so well the first time. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> well, speaking of that, and you wanting me to go on American Ninja Warrior, what's next for Ryan? What do you got going on in the not too distant future? Um, so I mentor children that are born similar to me. There's a there's a group online that I um, I'm a member of. And what I want to do is I want to start trap once this pandemic's over, obviously everything's post pandemic yeah. is I want to, I'm, I'm working on a children's book about oh, being yeah. born, born different. And also um, I want to travel around the world and inspire kids that are born similar. There's kids in every state in this group. And I'm like, man, I want to start traveling and meeting them and, and sharing, man, like I got the cheat code on a lot of things that they're going to be doing. Right. Like, let me teach them these things. And uh, so uh, my son and I went to Dubai last year. Wow. Yeah, that was amazing. And um, I've, I've never been stared at more in my life. But it's like, <laughs> like you talked about, me and you talked about this earlier. It's like, I'm okay with it. Like people are curious, it's just curiosity. But like talking to the people in Dubai and they're asking me these questions, I'm like, man, I need to just travel and do this, record this and do this all over the place. And and let people understand that, you know, just because someone's born differently, you know, in other countries, people that are born like me, they're, they might be put to death or they might be, you know, set in the corner to be, you know, never even thought of to be able to do anything. And, you know, if God forbid that ever ha that happened to me 40 years ago. So I want to be able to go around the world and share my story and show people that no matter what you're given or what you weren't given, you can do anything you want. Oh, when you release the children's book, you're coming back on the podcast so we can promote right. that thing because that's going to be all awesome. Right. Yeah, sounds good. Sometimes those children's books are the most motivating of all of them. There's some good ones out there. Yeah, so I plan on writing a book about my life. That was the, my first book, and that's it mentions that on the website. It's going to be called Look, Mom, No Hands. <laughs> um, but then I was like, man, I'm, like, I'm mentoring these kids. I feel like I, feel like I want to write a children's book first and put that out there. I just love how – your mentality, it's so obvious that it's just like you want to help other people. And I think that's, to me, I mean, your story is just incredibly inspiring, but then wanting to help others is just going to vault you into the stratosphere. Plus, it doesn't hurt that you know some people that can get you on stage in front of 10,000. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that helps. <laughs> you know, I, I, I find that like doing things for yourself is one thing. And, you know, there's a certain of gratification you get from it but doing things for other people it's, it's a whole nother level i mean it's it's amazing so. i oh do i totally agree and uh, to be completely honest i didn't know that until i started doing this podcast and it feels better to talk about somebody else than it does to ever talk about myself i mean this is like your story i mean i'm like buzzing over here i'm, I'm feeling <laughs> so up it's just amazing uh all right so we're going into the final five. I should say, unless, do you have any other takeaways, stories? Because I'd love to hear another story if, if you want to share <laughs> that. Uh, before we go into the final five. Oh, I, I thought of the thing that I want to do that I haven't done yet. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. So I want, I've been driving a minivan, a soccer mom vehicle my whole life. Not my whole <laughs> life, but since I was 19 years old. But don't get me wrong, I'm thankful that I can drive but I'm sick of driving a minivan. So my next thing I want to do that I haven't done yet is I want a Tesla. I want to get a hold of Elon Musk and I want him to help me figure out how to get my wheelchair in a Tesla so I can drive it. That so, is awesome. Are, are you, so I, 
Did you get the ball rolling with Elon? Uh, not yet. So I know Elon's a big fan of the podcast, so hopefully he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm going to have him on next, actually. I can't believe yeah. you, gave the, you gave the big secret away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. That's, you know what? If anybody could get a hold of him and make him take action, it would be you. I would not be surprised at all. I'm working on it. I'm sure you are. Hey, yeah. somebody once told me you can do anything. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's very true. Wise, wise guy. Wise <laughs> person right there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's hit you with the final five. Here we go. Five questions. All right. I'm excited for I'm excited for all of these, but if you can try to answer them in like one or two sentences, that'll just make it an extra challenge. Um, how does Ryan want to be remembered? One or two sentences. Well, you're the mouth, so you can talk about <laughs> that if you want. Uh, I want to be remembered as the guy that was put on earth for a reason to help people, make them laugh and inspire them. That's it. I love that. I, I think – Sometimes the, the shortest ones are the most powerful. I think that's really good. What are you, and, and we've talked about this at length, which is great. What are you most thankful for of everything that you have going on in your life? Um, I'm most thankful for my wife and my two kids by far. Like that's the greatest gift the world's ever given me. That's uh, so good. Uh, what If I see Ryan at a wedding reception and he's, dancing and we know that you have dance moves now that you've danced in front of 15 plus thousand people at a tony robbins event what is your go-to dance move definitely the front flip i wasn't saying like a somersault but it's not it's just a front flip yeah really if you go on my instagram or my youtube there's a video of me dancing at tony robbins thing you see me do a front flip oh i, I haven't of all the things i saw about you i did not see that i gotta see yeah, that. yeah. All right, I'm going on your Instagram after this is over. I'm checking that out. Okay. Uh, what is – I'm so curious as to this question because it seems like there's an obvious answer, but I'm excited to see where you're going to go with this. What's the biggest obstacle you've overcome? Probably, probably driving. Um, driving or – man, I guess maybe, maybe the job thing. Like early on, job hunting was – uh, I, you know, I, might, I would send design work to companies and they'd be like, oh yeah, we love your work. Come on in. And I'd meet them face to face and I might as well show up without a head because it was just like, oh, the, sorry, this is not going to work out. I'm thinking, okay. And I really realized early on, like, hey, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. I don't need another company. So I did freelance for a long time. And then I started working for the U.S. Army as a civilian employee and then um, started working for Quicken Loans, uh, Rocket Mortgage. Uh, and I've almost been there for seven years. So like just conquering the job, getting the job and proving people, you know, and that's the thing, the biggest obstacle, honestly, and it's related to the job is getting people to realize that I'm just like anyone else, like getting people to see past my disability and see who I am. And that's been the biggest obstacle my entire life. Yeah, that's a good point. And to, I, I didn't know that about going in and, and, and interviews, job interviews and, did, did you feel kind of like they were looking at you like, hey, you don't belong here? Is that like, is that the feel you got? Absolutely. Like, oh, wow. what are we, how are we going to take care of him? How, you know, how's he going to do this? And, and the truth is I would beat any of their web designers and, and, or branding designers in a project, like time-wise for sure. Like I'm fast, <laughs> I'm faster than most people. 
So, um, and, you know, and that was just the thing. And then, you know, when I worked for the U.S. Army, that was actually an um, over-the-phone interview. So that, that, that worked out good. And then uh, when, I went, but I went, when I went to Quicken Loans, it was just like, hey, they, they saw me as a, a talented a designer. And that's how I got that job. Oh, that's You have the last laugh, that's for sure. Yeah. And I think maybe you should send them an email back at the places that shut you down and said, hey, here's, here's some examples of my work. Before right, yeah. 450 websites that I've designed. Yeah. Uh, the last one is, who is your hero? Who is my hero? Dead or alive? Yes, or absolutely. It doesn't even have to be no. somebody that you met. Dead or alive, anybody. Man, honestly, I, I feel uh, I have a couple. So Steve Jobs mm. was uh, Steve Jobs was the greatest businessman on earth. If I mean him and like Bill Gates, as far as businessmen are, like Bill Gates. Oh, my dog's barking. Can you hear? That? I know. Sorry. I hear that. I can't yeah. believe he, he hasn't barked the whole time, and now we're getting. Yeah, she, yeah. She maybe she doesn't like Steve Jobs. Oh, Bill Gates. I said Bill Gates. That's why she's barking. <laughs> <laughs> No, Bill Gates, not, Bill Gates is not my hero, but uh, Steve Jobs, because like Steve Jobs is always about the design of a product and, you know, and how it looks. And, and honestly, like everything I do is about making, making a project or making an app accessible or making a website accessible. And so like business and design, it's, it's Steve Jobs. And then, uh, man, my, my parents are my heroes. Like my, without my parents, I, I wouldn't be who I am today. Um, I also had uh, grandparents that were amazing. They used to live across the street from me when I was growing up. And, um, you know, just all the people in my life, but my, my parents and my grandparents are definitely heroes of mine. I love that. I think that's so good. And, and I love the Steve Jobs part. I didn't, I didn't expect that. I love the ones that I kind of don't expect. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Have you read his book? Because I have not, but I heard it's good. So interesting story. I've only read two books officially three books maybe my entire life um when i was growing up it was very difficult to like there was no audio books or you know uh, you know pdfs or kindles then so like holding a book and flipping the pages was difficult for me so in high school and school it was always cliff notes but i read three books um two books officially i don't think i read the um so i read indian in the cupboard when i was a kid i don't know if i know that one you got to check that one out. It's a kid's book. It's not a kid's book. It's like a tween's book. Uh, <laughs> it's about a kid who has a, like toy figurines and one that he puts them in the cupboard and they come to life. It's pretty, oh, wow. That's they, actually a- made a, they actually made a movie about it in the nineties, I think. Um, and then the other two books were um, Catcher in the Rye. Oh yeah. And uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Dale Carnegie. Yeah, Dale Carnegie. Yep, he's Carnegie. Yeah, my uh, my son. Someone gave my son the book for his graduation. I, I went in his room the other day, and I was like, "I didn't know you were reading this." He's like, "Not yet, but I'm." Tr-. He's like me when it comes to reading. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that book is amazing. I actually uh, I uh, took a class when I was working for the army on on the on how to win friends and influence people, and uh, that man, that was that that is that was like the thirties or forties when he wrote that, but that's like the best book ever for like learning how to talk to people and dealing with people. And I mean that, if you haven't read that book, you need to. I, you, I couldn't agree more. I, I hadn't read many books in my life up to that point. That was one of the first ones, bigger books I read too. And I agree. That's a 
Well, and to stand the test of time, like you said, for 80 plus years, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I know you said it before, but just remind us again, best ways for people to connect with you on social media or website or whatever way is best. Um, if you go to Instagram, my handle is look mom, no hands. Um, same as YouTube. And then uh, my website is um, look mom, no hands.com. We got to get some people on board because uh, I, I need to see this flip. I, I wish I would have yeah. seen it before, <laughs> before we, before we came on, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. Well, Ryan, I appreciate your time. Thanks for taking a few minutes out of your day. Thanks for showing up my, backdrop i'm gonna ask you to send me that picture <laughs> later and you're, you're just uh i couldn't wait to talk to you and you didn't disappoint you're you're just an inspiration and uh, i hope we stay in touch for a long period of time because uh, absolutely you got me you got me all juiced up my friend all right thanks matt thanks for having me i appreciate it oh you're my welcome. pleasure Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of Living the Dream with Matt Scaletti. I'm so grateful for you. Please share this podcast on your social media so others can benefit from this valuable content. Also, please subscribe to my podcast because if you aren't, I am watching you. (laughs) Check me out on social media and message me if you need me as your keynote speaker at Matt Scaletti on social media. I respond to all messages. Thanks, and I love you so much. Oh, 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 oh,